Hey, this is The Chic Strategy, the podcast about all the things beauty, fashion, and style. So grab your beverage of choice, settle in, and let me, Tuesday, and my co-host, Yvonne, teach you how to be the glam in the room. Welcome to The Chic Strategy. This is the podcast that helps you be the glam in the room through beauty, fashion, and style. I'm Tuesday, and I'm here with Yvonne. We're your co-hosts and your fellow strategists. And today's episode is one that I've been itching to chat about because it looks at two media forms that I really love, the fashion magazine, the print fashion magazine, and social media. But before we jump into today's topic, Yvonne, give us an update on your week. How'd it go? My week was my week was great. It was busy. I can't believe we're here at Monday already. Let's see. I went out to dinner during the week, which is kind of not normal, but it was my son's birthday. So we celebrated his 21st birthday. That was super fun. And now I'm just get heading into like birthday palooza at my house. Like it's my nephew's birthday on Sunday. It's my husband's birthday next Thursday. Then it's my birthday, then it's Father's Day. It's just like boom, 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 craziness. So yeah, it's just kind of a whirlwind. So I'm just trying to, I came into the into the podcast today and I was like, what? I'm here. <laughs> so I feel like I have like moving to next thing, to next thing, to next thing. So yeah, that, that's about it. I'm just, I'm just hanging on Tuesday. I'm just hanging on. How about, how about you? Keep hanging in there. It was a good week. Nothing too too exceptional. My husband and I had another record store date. I saw that. Yes, for record store day, which was last Saturday. Um, yeah, beyond that, it was pretty just typical week. Working, doing the things. My husband is on a rant right now because he's tired of folding laundry. And so he's decided that he would rather just hang things like all the things he wants to hang all the things beyond like socks and undergarments. So, and I, when I say undergarments, I mean, specifically just underwear. So socks and underwear can be folded, but everything else, t-shirts, jeans, shirts, shorts, everything else should be hung. Cause he doesn't like folding. Okay. So that has resulted in this whole house reorganization because, you know, to, Clear space in the closet means we have to clear space, clear space in this other place in the house, which means we have to clear space in this other place in the house, which means moving this around here, moving that around here and reconstructing this and blah, 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 blah. And so it's turned into this whole project, which begins with moving my CD collection into his music room. And will hopefully at some point in time in our lives end with him not having to fold laundry. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> he's just hanging everything. Yeah. He just feels like he's just wastes too much of his life folding laundry. Oh my God. I found, I saw these hangers and you know, it sucks because I, for the life of me, saw these hangers. I heard about them on a podcast. I don't remember which one a long time ago. Like, I, I mean, years ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, I clicked the link and I looked at the hangers. I was like, oh my God, these are the most amazing hangers. And they were like space saving pants hangers. And they were super specific. I can't even explain how they went, but I mean, like inches, like 
like there's not even the clips on them, how they work. And I was like, I got to get those. I freaking lost a link. I can't find the podcast. I, I thought these were the best invention since sliced bread because just as the small minuscule amount of space that it took for the hangers for the pants. So if I ever find those, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> you could maybe save some space. You know, I tell you, my closet is very efficient. I have a very organized wardrobe. And so I, I'm not mad about what's happening in our closet. And I understand that things have to be folded. Even, you know, even if we go to this all hanging system, like there are still things in my life that have to be folded. Yeah, like, you can't hang sweaters. Can't hang, I can't hang sweaters. Correct. There are just things that just have to be folded. So I'm just like, do you hang swim trunks? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I guess you can hang <laughs> suit or whatever. I mean, yeah, I guess. I'm just like, this is just kind of ridiculous. Just fold the t shirts and just shut up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. But, you know, I, I, I let him have his moment. You know, we all have things that we don't like to do. You know, I don't like to vacuum. So I got a robot vacuum. Oh, smart. Oh, uh, you know what? I need to get one of those. Cause it's not that I don't like to vacuum. I actually like to vacuum. I just never have time for vacuuming. I'm yeah. like, oh, I need a vacuum. Shit. I can't have time. And so I need to get one of those robot vacuums. Yeah. That's a you good know, idea. Anything that's going to make your life easier. Like I'm here for it's just. You know, I and I mean, I, I get I feel where he's coming from, but also, and it's just not at the top of my priority list. There's other things I'd much rather reorganize or, you know, make more efficient than folding laundry. But, you know, that's his thing. So that's what's happening at my house. Okay. I have a quick question for you, though. So you went, I saw you went record shopping. Okay, question one. How many records do y'all have? A lot. Like over 500? Probably. Oh, wow. Over a, a thousand or more? Mm, I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, records are so thin. Thin, yeah. Thin. Um, but I will say I have a whole room dedicated in my house to records. Okay. And my husband, who is really the vinyl collector, has a collection that spans most of his lifetime. And it that now encompasses not only his records, but his brother's records and another very, very close friend, both of whom have passed. And so he, he inherited their collections. So it's not a small collection. Okay, that's cool. And... um. It's super cool that you have a room, number one. Like, I think that's super cool. Number two question is, when you, now now that I know, like, kind of how many you have, give or take, you know, generally speaking, when you go to record stores, are you particularly looking for something? Or, like, how does it work? Like, how does it work for you guys? So kind of the way we do it is, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's thrifting. It's just music instead of clothing or housewares or something. 
Eddie always has things in the back of his mind that he's searching for those like unicorn records that, you know, are hard to find or a special edition or whatever. And okay. most of those things you're usually not going to find, like, you know, going through the bins at the, the record stores, you're probably going to find those in a collector's collection, like on eBay or something like that. So he's constantly on eBay looking for things. It's like, this is his, his thing right now. He's a, his obsession. This is his, his obsession right now. That being said, when we go, he looks for a lot of things, like just anything that might catch his eye again, like, you know, it, I mean, it's like any, anybody who goes to like these stores for music, you know, you're looking for things you don't have, maybe like a disc you skipped over, you know, from an artist that you love, but you don't, you know, maybe that's one you're missing or, okay, you know, since it's, since this is kind of like vintage stuff, maybe it's, a, there's a song on a record that you wouldn't have bought the whole record for, but you know, now that it's down to whatever price, I'll get it. Cause you know, I do like that one song. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just kind of whatever he sees. Sometimes he's updating items that he has in his collection. So maybe he's got a copy of something, but it's old and maybe scratched or, you know, doesn't play as well. So he might find a cleaner copy. So he'll take that sometimes you are really looking for different covers because I've learned a lot about vinyl as we've went along, but um, some pressings are different than others. They may have slightly different covers, slightly different discs or, you know, like vinyl, the record might be slightly different. So you, you know, if you're a collector, you want all the different pressings. Uh Um, Yeah. So there's just, there's just a lot that's involved in that and I kind of do the same thing with discs I'm, I'm a cd collector oh you are yeah so my collection is cds his is vinyl and yeah just kind do of or whatever and so when you when he goes record hunting you go cd hunting mm-hmm. yeah wow, that's awesome yeah that's awesome. and is it just span all genres of music or yep. like do you yep oh wow, yeah. that's so cool I mean we both have things that we prefer like he's definitely a classic rock fan he is a big Beatles fan and so he'll pick up records by almost any Beatle either when they were together or after they broke up you also collect like from bands that are under the Apple label or that are under any of the individual labels like Dark Horse Records which is George Harrison's label or who worked with like John Lennon or Yoko Ono like this weekend he bought a copy of um one of Yoko Ono's records that she did produce with John Lennon and uh, he does have his favorites and I'm definitely a pop music queen I love all things 90s so you'll you'll catch a lot of that in my collection but no we're not particular we have our collection spanned anything from like jazz to you know, folk music to pop or rock or whatever, classical. Yeah, we got a little everything. That's so cool. Yeah, I thought your your story this weekend was so cool because 
you were out there looking for the music and yeah. such a neat little hobby to have, I think. Yeah, that's that's our idea of like a, a date day. We'll go, we'll go to our usual little haunts, record stores, and then grab lunch and then, you know, do whatever else we see along the way. And uh, yeah, that's a day. That's so fun. And did you come back with some finds this weekend? We did. We spent a lot of money. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> we spent a lot of money. <laughs> but my husband found a record he had been looking for for a while, which was good for him. I bought some things that I had been meaning to buy for a while and had just kind of been like, eh, on the fence about. So I picked up a few things. And uh, yeah, so. Very cool. You went shopping. I actually went shopping with my girlfriend. You bought stuff. I didn't actually. Well, I went to TJ Maxx earlier in the yeah. week and bought some stuff. But but I went shopping with my girlfriend on then yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. No. Saturday. Saturday we went. It's a Nordstrom. I'm like, man, everybody in their cat and dog was at Ashton Square. Oh, um, really? Oh, gosh. Everyone in their cat and dog was at Nordstrom. It was nuts. Um, so, yeah, she was so... She's so cute. And I said, she, we passed each other. This was funny. This is so funny. Forgot about this. We were parking at Nordstrom and I saw her car pass by mine and I was like, oh, cool. She's here. So she parked. I parked and she said, I just parked. Where are you? I said, oh, I'm in Nordstrom now. And I said, I saw your car pass by me. And so she was looking for a specific pair of jeans. Wisdom. I think they're called wisdom. Have you heard of these? Wit and wisdom. Wit and wisdom. Yes. I'd never heard of this brand. And so she, they look really cool. The ones that she got were super cool. And she said, oh, thank you so much for coming with me. And he said, yeah, sure, no problem. She's like, I really hate shopping. I've known Diana for years now. And I'm like, you hate, wait, what? You hate shopping? I was like, how did I never know this? What? <laughs> That's what I said, too. <laughs> that is so, it sounds strange to me because I know Diana. Yeah. Hey. Not as yeah. well. As, I knew her in in, in in passing. We're acquaintances. But what I do know of her is that first of all, she owns a lot of clothes. So <laughs> she does. She definitely does. Like she's a great clothes. Her closet is amazing. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. She has. She owns great clothes. And, yeah. Um. And so I was like, that's why when I was like, wait, what? You ain't shot me? I I would have one hundred percent never have known this thing about no. yeah 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 and yeah I was I was flabbergasted I mean we have been in many a sample sale together mm-hmm. in the back room changing communally <laughs> and as we have you and I have and I never I, I I was just like I was bored I was just completely bored okay well I know. And, but the funny thing was when we, she walked in, she's like, oh my God. She's like, um, she's like, I thought I saw your car when I was coming by. She's like, she said, and I was listening to you on my radio. I was listening to your, your podcast. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now when she hears this episode, she'll know that we were chatting about her. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We love her. You love her wardrobe. Yeah, I do love her wardrobe. She has she has great style. I mean, it's you know, it's it it's different from my style, but she has great style. And yeah. and so that's why I was just 
like flabbergasted by her hating to shop okay so i was like just that was a new thing i learned about my friend this week <laughs> i love it I love it. <laughs> anyways anyways what to today's topic which is like i said something i've been itching to talk about and that is social media as the new fashion magazine for those of you who don't know me that well i fell in love with glossy mags probably like at the height of the supermodel era era which was like mid 90s i was enamored with this like perfected with all the like perfected images of this aspirational world that was full of beautiful people and beautiful places and beautiful clothes and what looked like beautiful lives (laughs) 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 but uh you know I'm a Gen Xer so I definitely am a cynic and I am cynical enough to know that none of that was real nothing could possibly be that perfect and having come from what ended up being a you know broken home divorced parents and blah 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 I was like yeah nobody's life is that good <laughs> so but those magazines did provide me with the feeling of having an escape there was something to aspire to and even though I knew I would never look like Naomi Campbell I could definitely admire what she did and I was grateful for the beauty and creativity that the magazines provided and I just I loved that and I and I honestly I miss it and and now we turn to social media but Yvonne like what what draws you to fashion magazines and what's one of your like earliest fashion magazine memories so oh i i'm with you i love i love fashion magazines beauty magazine all of the magazines i don't really remember what i think my first i think my which i don't know if you consider this a fashion magazine but i know like the first magazine it does have fashion in it but my mom used to get cosmo when helen Gurley brown was the editor so like the good days you know the real good days and everything i mean and then you wonder why i'm bougie (laughs) yeah i just like thought of that right now Hmm, i wonder you wonder why i'm bougie i was really a little influenced by the cosmo girl era yeah (laughs) yeah not cosmo girl the magazine but like being a cosmo girl in the what 80s 80s and 90s 80s yeah, yeah. the good days the, the good the good years age, yeah helen girling brown like i thought she was i mean i thought she was a pioneer in that field you know and i think i really liked it because it talked it had obviously women's issues okay i will admit it is dated in the sense of how to keep your man how to what you know all those kinds of things but that was very time you know of the time you know that was kind of the the sentiment of the time so kind of just leave that there but the pictures and the models and and then it had the beauty aspect of it you know which I loved all the tips and the hair and the it was just very over the top so definitely Cosmo was my first kind of fashion beauty magazine I was hooked. I mean, I would read that thing as a preteen, 
And my mom didn't give a rat that. <laughs> I don't think she thought any. I mean, now looking back, I think I didn't even know half of what was going on in that magazine. But, uh, but okay, whatever. It's fine. I mean, I turned out fine. <laughs> I turned out fine. I turned out fine. I turned out fine. Yeah. And then definitely a lure, obviously. I, I talked about that before. Totally one of my favorites. I used to read Harper's Bazaar a lot because it's just very aspirational. Again, bougie. <laughs> bougie. I did a lot of Marie Claire. I would love that magazine too. I thought it was, you know, they had really good at, I think, more mid-90s, towards the end of the 90s. They had more journalistic articles you know that about women's issues feminism politics and it was all in this great fashion magazine (laughs) so I loved that and then of course Vogue you know I I I don't think Vogue was my first but definitely was in there in the mix in the mix and then oh and then of course Lucky came around and I was all, I was like, yep, where's my, let me pay for my subscription. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I think I was like you very, uh, I love the art artisticness of the cover, like who's on the cover. You didn't get these like, oh, so-and-so is going to be on the cover of whatever magazine ahead of time. You just saw it when it, or maybe you did hear it on the news if it was like a very big person you know but there was no social media back then so you would see a somebody the supermodels on the cover of vogue and you would be like oh the supermodels are on vogue and you run and get the magazine so i loved that kind of surprise like opening a gift, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, kind of moment. And then you just get to really just dive into the magazine. I mean, I think I really went through every page, even the ad. Let yep. me look at the ads. Oh, yeah. The artisticness of the ads, the colors. Yeah, I just love the layout of the magazine. I love the layout of the magazine. Yeah, I, I read the the letter from the editor in all the magazine. I always read it. I still do if I get a magazine. I still read letters from the editor. Yeah, I just loved all of that kind of artistic, what went into it. And I think after we had watched the September issue, Mm-hmm. Um, that really solidified there's so much more that goes in which I knew of course like being in the beauty industry it's all smoke and mirrors guys it's all yeah. smoke and mirrors. It's all um, mirrors but even beyond the smoke and mirrors there's a strategy there's a thought process there's or when we watched Franca, I think that was the name of that documentary. Mm-hmm. We yeah, watched. it was really, Bogatalia. Yeah, I loved that. And I never got into Bogatalia, but I feel like I could have been if I would have known about it because, oh my gosh, just the way that they 
she would think of a concept or want to have a concept and then bring it to life in photos and fashion. It was brilliant, like absolutely brilliant. And I found a new appreciation after we watched both of those movies for how a magazine comes together and how it, the people that read the magazine and what they want their, their readers to, to get from that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so different from social media in some respects, which as content creators, we know like how hard it can be to create content for your audience. But I think it's a, it's a much more nuanced level of production that happens at a magazine as opposed to like, you know, me setting up my, you know, my ring light over here and, you know, making 90 second videos, which I'm not belittling the work that goes into that because there's, there's a lot, but just, I, I don't know. It just feels so there's, there's so much artistry that goes into building a magazine every month that I just absolutely love. And I, I miss, you know, I, I do, I do miss. Um, but clearly social media has, is trying to take that role. You know, we're losing a lot more fashion magazines as we go, you know, because we have so much visual stuff at our fingertips all day, every day. We see like how many fashion editors or beauty editors have moved from their positions at print magazines to social brands. For me, the biggest one is Eva Chen, who was one of the last editors at Lucky Magazine before it closed. She's now like the I don't know, head of fashion at Instagram or whatever. I'm not sure. Oh, is that what she's doing? Yeah. I don't I think know, I didn't know that. I don't know exactly what her job entails, but it seems like it includes a lot of her like showing fashion people how to like bring their brand to Insta. I don't know. I'm not even sure what exactly what she does because on her Instagram she doesn't talk about it a whole lot, but at least not on the free version. She has a paid like paid version that's behind a paywall that I'm not paying for but whatever oh, on Insta yeah on Insta she does okay yeah I wouldn't uh, for it either yeah no but but anyways um yeah so you saw all these like people who were formerly in you know mostly in print Derek Blasberg is another one who has worked I think at like every major fashion magazine out there he went to YouTube to help them build strategies for their beauty and fashion um, creators or whatever. And so you're just seeing like people move that direction because it seems like, you know, at the end of the day, magazines are just going to become obsolete. I mean, what are we going to do when Anna Wintour leaves this planet? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I try to not think of that. No, Um, I'm I'm like, can we enshrine her somewhere? (laughs) How does this work? Yeah. (laughs) forever (laughs) yeah because what is I mean because you kind of think about that like I don't really know Helen Gurley Brown you know as the head of she really revolutionized that for cause that women's kind of movement for Cosmo like we're women we love we want to be beautiful we want to 
we have all these other issues, you know, and I think when Marie Claire came along, they took that a step further into really more hard hitting journalistic type of type of work that they did. So I think she kind of revolutionized that for women, because I think before that, I mean, beyond Vogue, of course, you know, good housekeeping, red book. Remember red book? My mom used to get red book. I did. I subscribed to it until the, well, uh, the end. Almost, yeah, to the end, pretty much. Yeah. You know, I got to be of a certain age and I, you know, was into that. And red book to change a little bit over the years. But yeah, and I'm still a good housekeeping member. Yeah. I mean, it's, it serves a purpose, but it's not, a, they're not fashion magazines. No, no, no. And then that was kind of what was before fashion, you know, you know, Vogue, yes, of course, for sure. But I felt like Vogue was a little bit, if you were maybe a kind of a, a woman or girl or young woman, if you will, that maybe didn't understand fashion, didn't understand style, that seemed a bit too out of your realm. Maybe Vogue was a little bit too out of your realm, right? And, but you would see Cosmo and yes, it's still out of your realm because it's fake and they had the big hair and all the makeup, but they were talking about issues that you were dealing with, like your period, you know, <laughs> where Vogue wasn't really talking about your period, you know? No. <laughs> and talking about issues with dating, men issues, money, some money issues, things of that nature that Vogue really, you know, they were strictly fashion, which is awesome. But I think Cosmo really said this, a woman is all of these things and they want the fashion and they, they want the recipes. They want to put a nice spread out like Red Book and Good Housekeeping and all of those others. But we want to look good while we're doing it. We want to know which mascara is the best mascara, how to put it on. And we want to know about all of these other things that come along with it. So, and then, you know, like HGV, you know, you know, at the company that, oh, I don't know if it was Condé Nast or whatever, but, you know, they were like, okay, we're going to move in a different direction. It became kind of, after a while, it became very pop or like a tabloid type of fodder you know I don't want to say exactly that but kind of that like it wasn't as good as it used to be after HGB so that's how I feel about Anna Wintour like what's gonna happen yeah I um I I don't know that Vogue will ever be the same without without Anna and let's let's hope that that doesn't that day doesn't come anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Long day from today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Long time from today. But I think you bring up a good point with the idea of HGB and, and Cosmo and trying to make this more about, you know, you know, a woman wanting to be all these things. And I think in a way, social media is trying to do something like that to like, quote unquote, democratize fashion making it okay. more than just like pretty clothes and supermodels and whatever. And instead opening up this, the idea of fashion to more people of all sizes, backgrounds, you know, types, whatever, including the influencer who I think is the new supermodel. Okay. Um, 
and I, I I'll I'll justify that just to, to okay. say like let me hear your argument. Yeah. <laughs> Not, you know, she's not a supermodel in the way that she looks per se. Supermodels, you know, well, her tall, like tall, statuesque, yeah, any size, yep, height, whatever, into all kinds Probably. of. Things. What I mean more is that, like, they have that kind of that kind of influence and status. Um, you know, they have the power to change how we feel about well, almost anything from clothing to beauty products to, you know, home goods. How many times a week do I hear somebody say, well, I see all these influencers or such and such influencer wearing this or wearing that, but it's not working for me. Well, because you're not that influencer, because I'm going to be honest here and we'll jump into this a little bit later, but I don't think we've democratized fashion that much to be quite honest, because the world still, that world still mostly belongs to thin white women yeah i agree you know and so i'm like well you're not a size zero so yeah those and five nine yeah you you know six six, one you know so and you're not working out 12 times a day you know to maintain this body because that's what they do or whatever so yeah no of course these jeans aren't going to fit you and that's okay right right okay that's okay but you know, we spent so much of the latter part of the the aughts talking about how toxic magazine culture was, you know, because of the supermodels and, you know, idolizing or, you know, wanting to be thin and have straight hair and, you know, whatever it is. But, and so we moved to social media in hopes of, like giving more people voice, showing more people in, you know, more diverse bodies, hair types, skin colors, orientations, whatever. And yet <laughs> that didn't, I don't feel like that really happened first necessarily. Um, and also like we spent so much time talking about, oh, this is not healthy for our young women to be ingesting all of this unreal images and the photoshopping or whatever, but then we turn around and, you know, now we have this, we have such great uh, filters and stuff on TikTok that we can't even tell the difference between what's real and what's not real as far as like, you know, what you're seeing on your screen. So to me, I'm like, well, did we really do anything or did we just change mediums and we just want to feel better about it? Yeah, I agree with you. It this whole I don't know. I get what people are saying about the toxicity of you know Kate Moss, you know. <laughs> you know where was that? There was like a, a thing that was called heroin chic or something yep. of that nature. And look, I'm not gonna lie, I was down with it. <laughs> I'd like to be heroin chic too. <laughs> I mean, without doing the heroin, of course. <laughs> but I, you know, I just, I thought she, I thought she was an amazing supermodel, you know, regardless of whatever to- toxicity drugs she was using. I, I allegedly, 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 allegedly. <laughs> yes. 
I thought she was a great superhero. I mean, she gave, she gave. And I get that. And then I see, you know, the influencers and I'm not trying to lie. You know, I feel like we are influencers, obviously, to a certain degree. And, but I don't know that, like, like I feel like in, like people, like you said, they're, oh, I bought this based on this influencer or they're wearing it or they're doing whatever it is they're doing, right? And, okay, but that's still not you. I think, you know, when I looked at fashion magazines, I was looking at, yes, of course, aspiration, but inspiration from art. What could I take out of that piece that session that editorial and bring into my life and it didn't necessarily need to be that exact piece meaning that shirt that dress that top those shoes because probably it was out of my price range anyway but you know how could I that that style influenced me it spoke to me that was my style I need that how can I get that and let me go source that which kind of that's why I love lucky because I knew what my style was and then lucky said here's all the places you can get if this is your style that these are the things this is the places that you can go and get them you know and I think influencers are saying these are my hottest Amazon finds this is my, you know, my like to know page and, you know, Nord, Nordstrom or wherever the hell they're getting their thing. And that's great. But again, it always goes back to if you don't know what your style is, what's, what sets your style heart on fire, then you're just going to be wearing clothes that somebody said you quote unquote should be wearing. And I don't know if you should be wearing that or not I don't know (laughs) I I agree with you you know and that's that's the argument I think I had always made in response to you know these dramas about you know how toxic fashion magazine culture was I, I feel like you have to take it for what it is if you're looking to fashion magazines or social media to I, I don't know as a as an actual aspiration like this is what I'm going to look like be like do then you might be looking at it the wrong way right these are aspirational things but they're meant to be inspirational I think more than anything and also just a way to in- they're also meant to be informational. You know, hey, here's a look at the latest collections or the latest sales or the latest, you know, cool items that are on Amazon. Not for you to necessarily like be like that person or be like that photo or be like whatever that magazine is rep- representing. But here's some, yeah, just some inspirations. Like, oh, I might want to look for something like that when I'm out thrifting or when I'm out at TJ Maxx or wherever it is that you normally shop and not feeling like you have to, you know, 
have all the things, do all the things. And not even to like be all the things because, you know, we watch so many influencers who have a particular like size or level of hell, have a certain level of health or whatever. And we think like, oh, we like, I need to be that thin and I need to do all these things to be that level of healthy, I guess, or whatever. But no, I'm going to. I'm going to say, no, you're going to need to listen to your body and your doctor and do what's, you know, do what's good for you. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when I was looking, like I really loved, no, there was other fashion magazines besides the ones we named, but Mm -hmm. I can't think of them right now. But the reason I can't think of them is because it wasn't my style, you know, that wasn't my style. So I geared towards what I felt was my style. And, and, um, I mean, I would say, you know, when I was younger, I was probably more trendy, but, you know, and that's, you know, a lot of us are that way when we're younger and, you know, we have this more disposable income to just throw, and fast fashion was way bigger. I mean, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. It, maybe it was just as big as it, or maybe it was just starting back then. Fast fashion, you know, and it was easy to just buy so many clothes at cheap prices and, and be trendy. But, and I just, I think influencers now, we are just, there are they, in the, the big influencers anyways, they are, I don't know. I don't know how to articulate what I'm trying to say. Like, they're just like, here's all the things that I have. Buy all the things that I have. But when somebody's looking at them, they don't have an idea. Or maybe that influencer is just like, buy this stuff. But there's no strategy to to say this is a style. Does that make sense? What do you get? What I'm trying to throw down here? Yeah, maybe I'm not. I think I do because we know, and this is like something that I want to touch on. There's a lack of like trustworthiness with some influencers um, because I feel like there are, there are plenty of influencers out there who will just hawk anything. Like they'll put yeah. on it or they will, you know, they're getting a deal for it or whatever. And they're just like, buy this thing because they're in it for them for the money, which is not, not a bad thing. Just, it creates, it can create some like trust issues. Like, do I trust this influencer? And also is this influencer in line with like who I am, I guess, you know, cause you were talking about like magazines that fit your style, your lifestyle. I think we have to do the same thing with like the influencers that we uh, ingest to, to find those, those people who kind of merge with your I don't know, your aesthetic, I guess. And to find ones that you feel like you can trust too, which I know can be really, really hard these days when every influencer, you know, has a brand deal or, uh, you know, they're getting some kind of kickback for, you know, they have an affiliate link, whatever. And I mean, I'm, I'm as guilty. Okay. Like I have plenty of perks from being an, a non-influencer now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, non, an inf, a non-influencer influencer. 
But, you know, I try to make it very clear to my fan base that like, hey, if I am suggesting something, it's because I truly love it. I truly think this is a great product and I truly think that you should buy it. Like it has my stamp of approval on it. Either I own it or I would buy it. But that's a trust that you have to build with your you know, people. And I know like as you get bigger and bigger, that gets harder and harder. And, you know, like right. some influencers are just names that we know. And so it's like, oh, well, they're, they're an important person. So they said we should buy it. We should just buy it. And then you get it. And then it doesn't, you know, live up to the expectation. And then we're disappointed or mad and blah, blah, blah. My point to, to that is that, you know, with fashion magazines, at least in the early days, you know, we felt like we had those journalistic standards and that maybe we could trust some of what was coming, what was printed on the page. Granted, they still had advertisers that they had to, you know, appease and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But there was some integrity, you know, like there, there are standards there that, you know, you're hoping that like, okay, they're going to tell the truth or tell both sides of the story, you know, to a certain extent. And so I don't know, it's again, that trust, trust issue. So I don't know if we got more out of that, you know, by moving to social media for our fashion needs or, or less. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. This is, I feel perplexed by this whole conversation because I love my fashion magazine love my fashion magazine and I mean I think I nearly cried when you told me that Allure was was ending its print I mean I think I really almost nearly cried I mean after you told me I mean I was devastated for a long while after because it was maybe it's a bit of nostalgia in a sense that this was has been a part of my life for oh god i don't even know a long time you know <laughs> i'm super it's i just always read it i always had it i it, it, it was just always around i knew i could always trust it and and then it went away and now we're just left to well now i mean they still are online but I'm not as drawn to that. I'm not as drawn to their online magazine. Maybe it's a touch thing for me. I mean, I can listen to an audiobook just fine. I can listen to a podcast just fine. God knows that I do that all the time. But it's something about a fashion magazine holding it in your hand, putting it in your bag, putting it in your tote bag and pulling it out when you're waiting at anywhere you know (laughs) and it it just felt so chic to me Mm -hmm. it felt so chic to me to just take out my fashion magazine and read my magazine and I don't know I just felt better about it and so not quite the same to doesn't have the same allure quote-unquote as as pulling out your phone and reading allure on your phone I mean Nobody knows what I'm reading. Yeah. I mean, I could be looking at TikTok for all you know, you know, which I might have been, but you know, we are. I probably am looking at TikTok and not reading a lore on online. 
So I, I just don't know. I'm very perplexed. I mean, I love Instagram, obviously. I'm on it. I'm trying to build a following on it. I am trying to be a micro-influencer. I'm not going to lie. I think that that's the other thing, too. Fuck this. Oh, I'm not. I don't want to be an influencer. No. I want to be a fucking influencer. <laughs> that I'm just going to own it. So you heard it here first, I guess. But it, it's just for those people that say they don't want to do that. And they just became it. No. You were working toward the thing. You had a passion for makeup and you wanted to tell people about it and now there's a word for it it's called influencer and so maybe you didn't know that that's what you were striving for but you were striving to tell people about your passion and help them with it in some way shape or form and that's what i'm trying to do and there's nothing the matter with that no no this is some legit like hustle it's like legit job like that's yeah what you want to do so this is no shade to all the influencers out there ourselves included um it's just you know this is really good conversation about and maybe it's a little nostalgic you know over the loss of you know so many magazines that we have loved over the years lucky allure glamour oh glamour i loved that one yeah even going back as far as like mademoiselle and ym like um, i love that one too (laughs) you know i'll kind of fell at the you know as social media has kind of rolled in so maybe this is a little nostalgic for us particularly because we are women of a certain age but also just you know just maybe giving everybody a heads up for those who are not quite as old as we are to to be like hey watch out you know because the issues that you know we talked about millennials specifically as they were coming up behind us gave us so much grief about you know when it came to magazines and how unrealistic the standards were blah blah blah. you're not avoiding them yeah with the loss of fashion magazines is if anything they're more in your face more than ever and so just a heads up like these are still issues we need to address and look out for and when we come back you know from our little break we'll talk about how to how to deal with that all right sounds good to me hey there strategists we totally appreciate you listening and supporting the podcast tuesday and i created this podcast to empower women to own every space through beauty fashion and style We absolutely love serving you the latest beauty and fashion strategies every week. But we also know you want more information on becoming the glam in the room. Well, do not fret. We've got you covered. Head over to Patreon and for as little as $3 a month, you can access our style guides and bonus content that we release to our Patreon strategist first. Check the show notes for a link to our Patreon page. As always, Thank you for listening, and thank you for becoming a Patreon strategist. Now back to the episode. So this has been an exciting, nostalgic conversation. And Tuesday, I just, how can we help our strategists enjoy fashion and be the glam in the room? That is a great question, um, because we want, we want people to be able to do both. 
first of all, I think we need to prioritize authenticity, transparency, and also sustainability, which we didn't talk about that much. But so when I say prior- it is Earth Month, yeah, it is Earth Month when we're recording this. Prioritizing authenticity, making sure that you're, you know, following influencers who are, you know, doing the be- their best to build trust with you, being transparent with you about, you know, their brand deals and all that kind of stuff. Because again, I am not saying they shouldn't have those or do those because that is how they're making a living. So mm-hmm. kudos to them. But I do feel like, you know, you should be really honest about that so that the people who are you know putting their trust in you know what they're getting. And then as far as sustainability, right quick, like, you know, having so much access to fashion on social media makes us like quick to p- hit the purchase button, making like, you know, us purchase so much more can cause us to purchase so much more stuff. So just being, I think, more aware and being a more thoughtful shopper will definitely help with that. And just generally like using your voice, demanding, you know, responsible and ethical fashion practices on social media, using your voice to let others know, like if you have children specifically about, you know, how these images that they're seeing on their screens um, can affect their self-esteem, their self-worth, their body image, and explaining the difference between fact and fiction fiction, what's real, what's not real, and how to appreciate them both, because I think there's a place for all of it in our lives. And then just really learning how to enjoy fashion in the space that it's in. You know, we talked about looking at fashion magazines and appreciating the art that was involved because there was so much cinematography that was happening there. Like, you know, so, so many great photographers in that time period, you know, when we really got into magazines, like, so many good ones and like and so many of them are are gone now and that's so sad but you know their pictures live on and I think we just need to appreciate it for what it is whether it's in an art space whether it's for an informational purpose whether you're getting inspiration from it or whether you're just you just need an escape sometimes Mm -hmm. you just need an escape sometimes I really do scroll through Instagram or TikTok or whatever because I just want to escape for a minute and that it allows me to, to indulge in a fantasy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you know that you have to come back to reality when it's done. So yeah, I think there's space for us to enjoy the fashion and then also wear the fashion and just do all the things. Yeah, I I, I agree with all that. It's funny that you say that because I was doing my hair, my client's hair the other day and she said, oh, well, I was putting her hair extensions in Again, smoke and mirrors, right? It's what I do, smoke and mirrors. She said, oh my God, look at this filter. And it was on TikTok. And I, w- I had my face in with hers and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, she said, how do we look like this every day? And we were like the chisel and the lips and the eyes and the brows. And I was like, wow, I was thinking I was looking pretty good until I saw this filter on my face. And then, so she said, oh, wait, can you just post a picture on TikTok? And you said, no, what to do a reel. So we did a little reel and then she turned off the filter and she's like, and back to reality, wah, wah. which is not horrible. It's not horrible. It's fine. But, you know, you have to understand that th- it's all smoke and mirrors. This, this whole thing is all smoke and mirrors. And it's about, I think for me, as I've gotten older, and my relationship with fashion magazines, style, beauty, 
is just about how it makes me feel and how I want to look. And I don't, you all, you, uh, you've heard this podcast even maybe one time. You probably know by now. I don't give a rat to ask what anybody thinks about about what it is that I'm wearing or whatever, because it's a feeling I want to have within my own experience of my own day-to-day experience. And I think, you know, that's what you should go for. What, how do you want to feel? These things do make you feel a certain kind of a way, you know, because if they didn't, nobody would give a shit about having a bad hair day Tuesday. This is so true. Nobody would give a shit. Nobody would come to me and be like, I'm having a bad hair day, month, week, year, whatever, and fix it because I don't want to have that anymore. Or you wouldn't have a a closet full of clothes and say, I've got nothing to wear because none of these things make you feel good for any number of reasons. So I think, you know, get using social media as an escape as I will do between clients I'm scrolling because I need an escape from my life you know from my work day too you know because my work day is just like yours very busy you know very busy during the day and you get a few minutes and you're like oh let me get out of my own world (laughs) just somebody else's world really quick and and I think when you're doing that, just understanding that it is somebody else's world. And if I like that world, how can I bring a little piece of that into my own world and understanding that it still can be toxic, you know, it still can be. And I think, you know, in, in the sense, it just as anything could be right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Too much of anything could be that way for sure. So yeah, I think, you know, I don't know. I, I I mean, you probably know more than I do about if fashion magazines are going to all go away. <laughs> you know, all the, all the signs point to, you know, everybody going down eventually. I love to see my, my, the big, the big girls stay, you know, planted Vogue. Harper's Bazaar, L, mm-hmm. um, you know, to just keep pushing through because I feel like they're so relevant. And if nothing else, it's a, it's a little monthly time capsule of, you know, what is, what was, what will be. Yeah. The work that, I mean, I just really, I'm not saying that the work that goes into social media, Instagram is not worthy hundred percent but these are people that they have worked in this field for so long that they understand what they're you know what the what the what the strategy is for the magazine yeah and I think influencers we understand what we do but maybe not how to build a strategy <laughs> does that make sense yes absolutely <laughs> And so I think for our, for our strategists, knowing that a fashion magazine has a purpose and not that influencers don't have a purpose, but it could be here. You could see 
somebody go all kinds of different ways is because they're an expert in their field and not necessarily how to be an editor. Yeah, it's definitely a different job being an editor versus being an influencer. Correct. Anna Wintour has a, has a very difficult job. Mm-hmm. You know, just bringing in all these beautiful, like, beautiful work in and what's going to be cut from a magazine what what are we doing with this issue and so um it's just a very different i think that's a very targeted like this is what this issue is you know like probably in april it would get a lot of like earth's month kind of you know sustainability types of things just as an example and so you'll see that like this is the target and this is what we're going for and this is what needs to be included in this and what needs to be excluded from this this could be very great information but it doesn't go with this with this you know copy that's going to go out there this month so and I don't know that influencers because we're we're not necessarily savvy in that which not necessarily bad that's not our that's not what we learn how to do so understanding that um there's a difference you know there's a difference here yeah and you know i know like you know i have watched some influencers especially larger influencers who have like teams and whenever you know plan out their content for 12 months and blah 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 like you know very much like an editor-in-chief or ceo would but I don't know it's just a different vibe from a magazine because the, the audience is is so like in a magazine I feel like so much more generalized and and maybe I'm wrong because I've never worked in a magazine so what do I know anyway. um, you know as, as opposed to like you know you hear all the time people telling you if you ever listen to experts you know talk about how to you know be a better influencer niche down niche down niche down niche down yeah and so yeah we're we're experts at a niche even if you know you're planning your content far out and doing all those things whatever you're very niched whereas i feel like you know your magazine is a little more like well well-rounded maybe yeah. um, as far as content goes yeah. But yeah, it's just and, and and here's here's the other thing that I miss about magazines. It's all in one place. I don't have to go to 10 influencer, you know, I didn't have to go to 10 influencers to get beauty, fashion, lifestyle, home, you know, read about the issues of the day, like right there, that's five different people I've got to go hunt down. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we were talking earlier. I was looking for this one influencer that I used to fo- used to follow, and I don't know what happened to her because since then I've followed a good billion more influencers. You know, people that I love their style, and she was one that I really loved her style. She was very she was very sustainable because she would shop vintage and secondhand a lot. And I can't freaking find her because I don't remember what her name was. You know, I I can see her face. And I think I remember what her name is. So I'm trying to find her. And, you know, it's just hard. Like you said, this one and that one. And I knew these are the ones I fought. And then some other influencer will be like, oh, these are the 
10, 15, 20 that I follow and then yeah. start looking at them and okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention, you know, like I mean, just as you were talking, I was like, Oh yeah, don't forget travel and food and like Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's so much and you're gonna have a different influencer for hair and a different influencer for makeup and a different inf- you know, influencer for skincare. And, or I could just pick up an issue of, you know, Harper's Bazaar every month and just be done with it. You know, that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I guess that wraps up this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That wrapped up the episode. (laughs) I I think this was really, really great. I mean, I, I know there was not necessarily... You know, it it, is very nostalgic conversation. And for those of you who who read fashion magazines, let us know what your favorites are, were. Hopefully there still are some. But just for our strategist to know that, you know, this fashion magazine would probably still be around or if, if social media wasn't as big. Yeah, I think. I think. What do you think? I th- I think you're right. I think we love that visual stimulation. You know, I mean, that's why TikTok is so big and Instagram is so big because it's it's the visuals. You know, yeah, we love that. And I I you know I I love being able to like tap into fashion online, but there's just some things like you said, like some something's very chic about pulling out the latest issue of Vogue or Harper's and, you know, or throwing it into my bag. Cause I still do that. I still throw them into my bag and read them on my break. You know, when I have a couple minutes to stick, yes. in, flip through, get some ideas, read about the latest, you know, book or political, whatever issue that's happening in the world or whatever. I just, I don't know. I just love that. It's easy. I missed a flight too. Austin once because I was like I am not getting on that plane without my magazines. I will not. <laughs> no, I do not fly without a magazine. Yeah, Period. I missed. I missed a flight for that reason because I was like I need to buy my magazines and then yes. and then my card got stuck in between the the glass and the countertop and the lady couldn't get it out. I was like, oh god, this is all bad. Yeah. Anyway, so. There's that. I won't play without magazines. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. I I took I think three or four magazines on my cruise with me. Yes. If I go on vacation and I'm going to be sitting on a beach or I don't know, even on a bed for that matter, I, I'm going to have magazines with me. Like that's oh. my entertainment. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need to sit here and talk to you like my no. husband, I mean. <laughs> I want to sit in this lounge chair with my magazine. That is what my intention is. Yeah. I'm going to sit on this chair with my drink in hand and flip through my magazines. Like, we don't have to chat. We're going to, like, we're going to look through the night. Like, that is the ultimate getaway. Yes. Like I'm away from home and I'm just away. Caught up in the glossy pages of the latest edition of whatever. Yeah. I mean, a book, I, I'll bring a book 
if I'm reading a book or whatever. Yeah, books are but, fine. I love yeah. books. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a voracious reader, but I love a magazine. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Well, let's move on to glam time. This is a portion of the podcast where we chat about what makes our lives more glamorous. Yvonne, I hope you've got something because I'm not sure if I do or not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a good question because I was like, what what is my glam time? What is my glam time this week? I was thinking about it when I was driving to work. I'm like, oh God, what is my glam time? So I was thinking about like, what have I done this past week to make my life more glamorous? And I think it is for me, and I think I talked about this once already, but my shoes. My shoes. What's- just any like my shoes on my outfit I'm like really focused in on shoes this 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 week or this past week I should say I don't know why but I'm always like oh what shoes am I gonna wear what shoes am I gonna wear so I don't have a specific but I'm really like all week this week people have because you know I've been or planning my outfits right I've been doing that whole outfit planning thing and so I haven't figured out I I think I have figured out a way, but I haven't done it. I haven't implemented it as of yet. Getting the shoes for each outfit onto my little Amazon rack thing that I have. So (laughs) haven't done it yet. I just haven't had, I haven't had the time to, to do what I want to do, but, but I'm always like, okay, these shoes and the, cause I haven't over no, I, it's not overabundance. I have an abundance of shoes. It's not an overabundance. No, it's not an overabundance. Just uh, yeah. abundance. I don't want to put it out there that's over. No. So, <laughs> I have an abundance of rolly fabulous shoes. And I got new boxes. I just, I get the cheap ones from, from Walmart. And I stack them because that's just, I, I just, that's the only way I can do it. And I just get little post-it notes and I put it, I write what the shoe is and I put it on the outside of the box. So that way I could, cause I, I don't know what's in that. I used to take pictures. That was a great idea, but it came, it became too much because I had a lot more shoes coming in. So, <laughs> so then I'm like, oh God, I can't, I don't have time for this. So I just get a little post-it note, write it on there, cute little post-it note, tape it on the outside of the box. And then I'm like, oh, those are those, those are those. Okay, great. And so the week, I think a couple of weeks ago, I wore a dress, that Amazon drop dress that I had gotten. And I was like, oh, it's because I'm outfit. I'm planning my outfits for the week. It's not capsule. I'm just planning my outfits for the week. And I'm wearing all these clothes that, that I forgot I had, I guess, because in the morning when you're just getting clothes, you just get the same shit all the time because you know that that's what's going to work. But yep. when you plan it, you can say, oh, let me pull out this dress. And I did do that for, I pulled out this outfit that I thought was going to work for dinner for my son's birthday party or birthday dinner, I should say. And I put it on, I hadn't worn it in a long time and it went straight in the cell bag because it did not look cute on me anymore. And as much as I really wanted to love that thing, 
it just was not a thing for me to wear anymore. So it just went straight into the cell and I quickly grabbed something else. So, cause that was a last minute, that was a last minute game, but I feel like all week last, so the clothes had been great, but then this past week, I just started pairing all these shoes with all my new outfits. And then all week long, people are like, oh my God, your shoes are so great. Oh my God, those shoes are so great. So I, I'm just going to go with my shoes this week as my, as my glam time. Like wear the shoes in your closet that you haven't worn in a while. I love that. I, I love that. In a similar fashion, I think I don't have a thing per se, but a system, I guess. Oh, a system. So, yeah. I am constantly like touching on my makeup and you know, checking my face when I'm at work because I want to, you know, look presentable or whatever. But I, I hate like having to dig through my bag. You know, I, I just needed like things in multiple. Ooh, I am, I'm, I, you, you, I'm like, I got it. What is it? What is it? You've made any? Because I'm trying <laughs> to figure out a new system. So give it to what me. What I have done is just packed like many versions of my bag in different places. So for example, at work in my locker, I have like, a little bag that has my, you know, a lip gloss, a blotting sheets, hand lotion, like all the things that I need to kind of like touch my face up throughout the day that I don't have to go to my, like dig into my bag for. It's just in a little mini bag in my locker. I can just grab it, do the things, got a mirror, go like, you know, and then I have a separate one for my car because cars get hot. So I can't keep all the same things in there, but I can keep my blotting papers and I can keep my touch up powder that I have from Supergoop, which is actually like, is actually sunscreen in a powder form, like a mineral powder form, but it's great for touch-ups. So I can see that in my car, you know, like, okay, this is like my car pack with all the little touch-up things in there. Because my problem is, is that probably like a lot of people, I have an endless, like bottomless bag and you know, I'm hunting for the lipstick. I'm hunting for the lip gloss. I'm hunting for all the things, you know, and I, I have organizers in there. It's just that nothing ever ends up back where it's supposed to. And it just, it's, it's like you're doing the, the rotisserie chicken yes, of it all. And exactly. you're roll, like, rolling around in there. And I just, it was driving me crazy. So I just made mini bags for different places in my life. So I have one at my, one at work, one actually in my bag, like in my handbag. And then I have a little mini bag for the car. And then of course I have all of my like good, large size products in my um, makeup kit, you know, where I do my makeup every day. Like at um, home. I'm going to work on one for my desk as well at home. Ooh, just, that is an amazing idea. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's been so helpful to just have that little mini bag of things. You know, it just makes my life easier. And anything that makes my life easier is good and makes me feel more glam. So see, I think that we might this is why we're friends because because I was like, I just need I mean, I it's easy for me to keep it here at my at my quote unquote office at my studio because I have a mirror. So <laughs> I have a huge ass mirror. I have lights, I have everything, so I don't need a mirror. But I was like, oh, I forgot my mascara in my bag because I don't always have mascara in my bag, you know, and I need mascara at work. So I was like, you know, I think there's this, I mean, I have a bunch of like bags and things. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I think I need to just get together a whole little kit, a whole little makeup kit 
with whatever, like travel, brushing, you know, for work and just leave it here at work. And yep. that's it. Yep. And then have one. I didn't think of it for my desk though. This is a great yeah. idea because then, I mean, usually if I'm at here, then I'll have one here at work, but I don't, if I'm at, if I'm on my, if I'm at my desk, I, I don't want to go into my room yeah. and get my I'm, stuff. I'm all about eliminating obstacles that are going to like, no, this is what carrying on. I even have like, I even broke down and bought a set of reading glasses. It was like six in a set on Amazon. So now I have, you know, one on my nightstand, one by the TV, one in the kitchen, you know, because I was tired of always like running from room to room, trying to find, you know, my reading glasses. Cause I only have, I only had two pair, but now, you know, I have one that stays in my bag. I have one, one pair for work. Like, you know, and this is what Gretchen Rubin said, just whatever is going to take the obstacle out is, is the key to making your life happier. Yeah. And you're so right. This is so right. I have already been thinking about this. And I thought about a car one too. And I'm like, what can I leave in a car? The car is tricky. And the car is a little bit more difficult. the amount of heat, you know, that you get in the summer. So that's a little trickier. But even then, like, I can at least stock some things. Because I, you know, I almost always have my purse with me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Likely going to have most of the things with me. Meltable things. In yeah, but, yeah. you know. If I can even have some of the things, like like I said, like blotting papers and mineral powder, like I feel okay about leaving that in the car. So, yeah, it, it's so hard because I see all these videos about car, like what to put in the car. I'm like, yeah, that's all. That looks all great, but it's, that literally only works from. Well, I get this year would have worked a little longer because it was it just started getting hot not too long ago in the car. So it would have worked a few months longer here, but I mean, it really only works from like November to March. February, maybe March, March depending on yeah. The, yeah. The, how hot it gets outside because it gets much hotter in our cars here, you know? Yeah. So it could be really nice outside, but you get in that car and it's hot and you have to hot. max high. <laughs> max high. I, I can't even begin to tell you the number of things I've melted in my car. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So. So this car pack thing is great for other states. For other states, yeah. You live somewhere where it's not consistently 100 degrees every single day for like five months, then yeah, you you do that car pack. But whereas Arizona gals, where where we have to modify, we have to modify the car pack for sure. Um, I well I love your glam time i'm definitely inspired by it for sure i'm gonna do it yeah do the things i'm gonna take i'm gonna take one of those gazillions of ipsy bags that i have yes 100 (laughs) that's what i did (laughs) and make and good god knows i have enough makeup to like i don't have to go buy anything no i I I have enough i bought a few things i bought i had to get another one of the super group powders which i love and I bought, I did have to buy some more blotting sheets, but you know, whatever. Well, like I said, yeah. and you know, I bought my reading glasses, whatever, whatever it took was worth it, was definitely worth it because it definitely just causes a whole lot less aggravation for me. And so. That yeah, no, I, I, I love that. Yeah. I think I have enough makeup to like put in the work pack 
and the desk pack. And, and in that way, the perks can just stay with like super essential, you know, that I know I'm going to use when I'm out and about, obviously the lip gloss, whatever, you know, some touch blotting papers or powder or whatever, you know? So yeah, I like this idea. It's a great idea. Definitely love it. Well, strategists out there, if you try this, let us know. This is going to wrap up our episode of The Chic Strategy. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this nostalgic and also somewhat important conversation. If you have anything you'd like to add to it, go ahead and email us at thechicstrategy at gmail.com or message us on Instagram. Our handle is the Chic Strategy, which is all one word. You can also find me individually at From Tuesday, and Yvonne is on Instagram at yvonne.style. And if you're enjoying our show, be sure to share it with another diehard Glossy Magazine friend. Let them know that they're not alone. And as always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we will be here next week. You just listened to another episode of The Chic Strategy, produced and edited by your fabulous co-hosts, Tuesday Morris and Yvonne Rosales. In between episodes, you can always head to The Chic Strategy's Instagram page for inspiration and to go behind the scenes. The Chic Strategy is powered by subscribers like you to keep all of our podcasts free and accessible to everyone who needs some extra glam in their lives. Consider becoming a strategist in our exclusive Patreon community. Membership starts at $3 a month and it's easy to join at patreon.com slash the chic strategy.